This episode of the Lunch Break Podcast is brought to you by the sales developers. They believe that outbound sales requires a consistent commitment to the process, and they understand the tedious and time-consuming task of sourcing, hiring, and onboarding new sales talent. Besides providing premium quality contact data, outbound prospecting services, and expert consulting to consistently fill your sales buckets, they have built the ultimate sales enablement tool, Uplevel. It lets you uplevel your skills by managing all of your playbooks and scripts in one place. Still writing your favorite opening lines on sticky notes? Are your training and guides in a hundred different folders? Do you wish you had a way to develop a playbook to actually enable your team? With Uplevel, you can easily do it all. Whether you're a rep or a leader, your job just got a whole lot easier. Start for free today and you can go to thesalesdevelopers.com backslash Uplevel. You are now tuned in to the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 35 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and on episode 35 of the Lunch Break Podcast, we have the one and only Mr. Keep Dialing himself, Morgan J. Ingram. Morgan is the Director of Sales Execution and Evolution at J. Barrow's Sales Training. He's the host of the SDR Chronicles. He's a LinkedIn top sales voice. Morgan is somebody who is incredibly passionate about the sales game, the sales profession, and someone who gave me an opportunity to share my story when I first began my personal branding journey. And so for all of those reasons, I'm really excited about this episode with Morgan. We cover how he got started in sales, his growth as a salesperson into a leader. We talk about the ups and downs of building a personal brand and the realities of of building a personal brand and the tax that sometimes it comes with on your personal and sometimes professional life. We cover lots of great stuff. It's a fantastic episode, but I understand you may not be able to listen to the entire thing right now. So for that very reason, I'm serving up a snack break sales tip from Morgan J. Ingram. Take a listen. Absolutely. I, I want you I want you all to, to, to think about something and in, and in thinking about it, something that you can execute on and I, and I use for myself. So, you know, I, I like that James does this because I believe that there has to be tactics in the stuff that we talk about and it can't be theoretical and be like, oh, well, you should think about this. And you're going to be like, okay, I thought about it, but that didn't help me. So, you know, so we really got to talk about some stuff. So I, I, I posted this the other day and I, I believe in this tactic is your emails. Like truly look at your emails. And tell yourself, would you read it or would you respond to it? Because I think, I, yeah, yeah, true, yeah, don't be like, oh, that, that sounds fire to me. And it's like 12 <laughs> paragraphs. Like, no, no one's reading that. So the thing is, again, I posted this the other day. I said 70% of emails are on the phone. Someone's like, well, 
Where's the report? Guys, I don't know where the report is. I'm going to be real with you. Someone just said it in a talk, and I've been saying it for years, and I'm going to keep saying it. If I never find the report, I'm still going to say it. So I, I don't care at this point. So Because it sounds great, and I'm going to use it. I think, I think the real stat's like 49, and I think I saw another one said 55. Nobody cares. The whole point is – 78% of emails are read on the phone, and I'm just owning the stat at this point. Yep, yep. So, so in that, you have to realize that all your emails need to be read on the phone. So that means less than two scrolls. All my prospecting emails are around two to five. I think, James, you're probably around the same if you're prospecting someone. Yep. It's probably around the same rate. So in that, your main focus should be, how can I make sure I convey value as fast as possible? Because people don't have as much time. People are not waiting around to get your prospect email. I'll tell you right now. So in that, the tactical advice that I have for everybody is to think about your email strategy as a dart approach and carve up your solution into different variants, right? Because if you throw out five different reasons why someone should take your solution and they don't respond, then you just lost out an opportunity to get a meeting. So in that, my, my tactical piece of advice is for you all to go back, look at your emails, create two to five sentence emails, and I'll give you the breakdown of how to do that. So your first two sentences should be focused on, hey, what are the, what are they... What is, what is, should they interest in? What do you get their attention, right? So like a trigger that you find, whatever that is, right? Go about that. And then that middle piece should be the value proposition. So what are you doing to help that person address that challenge or priority that's there? And then the call to action, like what do you want them to do? And ultimately that's how I want you all to think about things when it comes to emails. Think about it from two to five sentences. People are reading things on mobile and make sure that it's less than two scrolls so that people can easily consume it and if it's straight to the point and they like it, they'll respond. If not, completely fine. You can move on to what you need to do. A wonderful, actionable sales tip from Morgan J. Ingram. Look, without any further ado, it is time to kick off episode 35 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Morgan J. Ingram. Let's get this thing going. All right, guys. Well, look, this is another episode of the Lunch Break Podcast, and I am honored, excited, humbled to have my guest on the show today, Morgan J. Ingram. He is a, a shining example of recognizing the power of personal branding and leveraging that to further their career. Because now Morgan works as a sales trainer with Jay Barrows Training. John Barrows, one of the most well-known sales trainers in America. Um, you know, he's teamed up with him to really fuel his career and and just take off and it's been amazing to watch i connected with him back in his days at terminus and i've watched yeah. his growth and it's amazing and so i'm just really grateful to have you on the show today man so that you can share some of your knowledge with with the folks here absolutely and i, I don't want to i want to give a shout out to james because james was on my, my scr chronicles back in the day so <laughs> like two three years ago and so now to see his adaptation to building his personal brand in a unique way that I feel like is super cool. And I told him that from the front lines and to see you have a podcast that man's awesome. So it's, it's, it's really sad to be here full circle. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel a little bit full circle-ish, right? It's uh, we uh, kind of initially met on your podcast and, and, and now you're coming on mine. I love it. And really that's kind of what it's all about. And your whole message um, empowers folks to do that. And so some of us are just going to take, take it and run with it. Right. And yeah, I uh, got to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let, let's dive into it, man. Talk to us about how you got started in sales and how all of that has led to all of the exciting things you're doing now, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I flip that quite before I answer. I want to throw a question to you, James. Like, <laughs> you getting started in sales, right? You probably weren't in high school and college. Like, oh, I really want to go do this, right? No, not at all. I didn't even think that um, I could do it. I didn't even consider it because I yeah. didn't think that I could. So it, w- it wasn't even on my radar at all. No. Yeah, it's cr- crazy. So <laughs> my 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 thing was is I saw it as a me dis- disingenuous thing. So like growing up, that's in high school, college, like if someone's dad was in sales, we're like, oh, we, we can't trust, we can't trust his dad, right? <laughs> like, or, or, yeah, it's so strange. So yeah, when I graduated college, like that was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports agent and they told me I had to go to law school. So no, and y'all have ever seen law school application fees? Like, no way. You do not want to do that unless you really want to be a lawyer, right? Yeah. And so in that, I was like, what am I going to do? So I originally actually wanted to go in marketing. Okay. So I started applying for marketing jobs out of college. And for those of you who are trying to do that after college or are in marketing now, that's a very hard opportunity and field to get into if you don't know anyone. And I didn't know anyone. So that led to me to getting no marketing opportunities. <laughs> so in that, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I was like, okay, cool. I like the talk. I like people. I'm, I'm social. So I guess I'll go into sales, right? That was kind of my thing. And then I got denied for all the AE roles. <laughs> I couldn't Went even straight get straight for the AEs. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hungry. I was like, let me go straight for the AEs. They're like, nope, you can't do this. I'm like, oh wow, okay. So I looked up SR, right? And I was like, all right, I don't know what this is. No idea how this has helped me. But I applied for an SDR role at a company that dealt with marketing. So I was like, I like marketing, so at least I can like be passionate about what I'm talking about, and yep. in the process, I can learn some sales stuff that might help me out. So yeah, that's where I got my start, man. And I actually cold called the director of sales at Terminus. So shout out to Tony. I called her to get the opportunity. And it was, man, it sounded terrible. To be honest with you. If we had, if we had that call recording, like, I don't even know how they even let me in. But I think the fact that I just made the cold call is probably what they were just like, okay, we at least have to give this person a shot. So yeah, man, went to that interview and that's how I ended up getting the job. And from there, I, it's, I always tell people that I thought the role was going to be very easy. Mm. Hmm. And here's why, because they told me, Hey, look, Morgan, you got a sales off for those of you who use outreach, same thing as outreach, same as sales off, same thing. So you can send automated emails out. I was like, okay, that's simple. Cause I didn't even know a tool like that even existed until I was in tech. Yeah. And then they're like, cool, we're going to give you a list of people to call. You can go after whoever you want, as long as they're marketing people. I was like, and then like, the only thing you have to do is schedule meetings, not close any business. And I was like, this is simple. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be on vacation every other month. Like I'm going to be like stunting on all my friends. Like I was like so fired up. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And so, no, it wasn't. Cause I got punched in the face. Right I got in the mouth. Yeah. Dismissed. Like the leads suck. Like I'm complaining. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It was really tough. And so three months in, I, I told my director of sales, I actually wanted to quit. Wow. Didn't want to be an SDR. I wanted to go do something else, either start my own company or, go maybe do something in sports. Cause I still had that sports management degree yeah. from, from college. Yeah. And then this is the most important thing that she told me. And to this day, like, I think it fundamentally changed my mindset. And I think ultimately it's helped me get to where I'm at today. And she asked me, Hey Morgan, are you giving this a hundred percent? Yep. Wasn't. Mm. It's like 75, like at best. Yeah. On a good day. And, Honey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I listened to some Travis Scott. I came in with 75%, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. like, right? so, 
So I'm sitting there like, yeah, all right, she's right. So then she's like, you know, give it 100% next month and let me know what you think. Like, if you don't like this anymore, you can leave. That's cool. If you give it 100% and you end up liking it and you become better at what you're doing now, then you can stay with it. So I ended up becoming, as the story has it, I became better than what I was. And I realized in that moment by me giving 100% how much it made, it started clicking to me, like, how do I make cold calls? How do I organize my time? And how effective all these skill sets were for not only for being a sales professional, but for life. Just and in then, general. Um, in general, right? I feel like I've just became a better person after I got more organized and I got my stuff together and yeah. understood how to really effectively convey value. Mm-hmm. And from there, man, everything really, that's what everything took off. So the SDR Chronicles, the YouTube channel, the podcast, John finding me on YouTube, now becoming a sales trainer, massive, massive growth. But I think ultimately I, w- I will adhere that to that conversation. Yeah. And then ultimately hear that to just being committed ever since that conversation to my content, to personal branding, to the craft of, of sales development, which I'm trying to get better at every single day. Not saying that I'm the end all be all, but I'm continuously trying to get better to teach other people what I wasn't taught or what I didn't get when I first started. So yeah, that's yeah. how I got my start in sales. And that's how I ended up where I'm at today, man. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's, this is a common thing. And I've done this in many jobs ever since I was 16, like my first job, Yeah, you get in, you think it's going to be decent, or maybe even, you know, it's not going to be a good job. You just took it, but you get there and then you immediately start finding reasons to not give a hundred percent Yeah, ways that you can justify like, well, you know, the leads are bad. So if I come in and I'm at 75% on a good day, then, you know, that's fine. Cause you know, there's other stuff that's wrong too. Right. right? Exactly. And I, I mean, I can't tell you, um, you know, in the course of even when I've been at one place, I've gone through phases of that where you have mm-hmm. to check yourself and you have to kind of say like, look, am I complaining about things because I'm trying to find an excuse or a scapegoat for me not giving a hundred percent. And Absolutely. I'd say the majority of the time, yeah, that's the, that's the answer. And it's absolutely that in your case, I think, I mean, the hardest thing to do is maybe to realize that and come to terms with that and have a real ass conversation with yourself about, okay, absolutely. Um, you know, what is, what does a hundred percent look like? How do I get there and how do I stay consistent with it? But the, the magic is, and you found this out and anybody else that goes through this finds this out. Once you get to a hundred percent and once you start giving a hundred percent, all of that, it's, it feels so good because Absolutely. you can, it makes it easier to detach yourself from outcomes, right? So if you have a bad day and you don't do X, Y, Z, like you wanted to, but you gave a hundred percent, that's a flag that you can put in the ground every day and walk Absolutely. away and feel good about. Right. And so it helps with your mental state. It helps with, uh, just being grateful for the situation that you're in and your coworkers and you're looking mm-hmm. at things in a different way. Um, and, and so, you know, when you are able to get to that point and you're lucky enough to have somebody that's going to be upfront and real with you like that and put you on the spot like that, and then take that feedback and use it to actually change what you're doing completely changes the landscape. And, and so you, you got that advice, you turned it on at work at what point did you decide it was, it was a good idea to start building your personal brand? Because that personal brand piece is, that's like the caveat, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can probably, you know, get into a role like you had and have the same Absolutely. conversations and then just kind of go on and be a great salesperson 
um, but not think about the personal branding side. Um, so when did that click for you? When did you make that decision? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, James. And in that, I was super fortunate that I picked up the notion of personal branding four years before I had even became an SDR. So I was doing stuff behind the, behind the scenes or before I came to LinkedIn that made it. So when I decided to go with this SDR Chronicles, I had already made a lot of mistakes before. Yeah. So it made, it made it seem if I, it made it seem like, Oh wait, he's fun. I was like, no, I made a ton of other channels and stuff that was garbage. So like I finally had found the thing that clicked. Yeah. And the, I think the cool thing about before I actually go into it, I would like to hear your thoughts too, before I dive deeply into this is I've just realized at the end of the day that personal brand reputation just allows you to have that voice and put yourself out there in a different perspective. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what I truly believe a personal brand is don't and I posted about this, like, and you commented on it is don't <laughs> just don't let it get to your head. I think that's the I think that's the thing that nobody's talking about is everyone right now is build a personal, build a personal brand. But I'm like, being a person who has that, I'm just telling you, like, don't let it get to your head and don't let it affect you because it has affected me in a negative light. And I've been able to get out of that. And I have great friends and great mentors who helped me along this journey. But ultimately, you have to understand that your voice is your voice and people resonate with it. Some people will, like I said, some people won't. But ultimately, there are still people out there that know probably more than you. You just so happen to have a personal brand that people have caught on to and actually vocalize and hear you. I know there's a ton of people who have 50 followers on Instagram, but the smartest people that I talk to. So yeah. I would like to hear you your thoughts on that. And then I'll, I'll dive into like how I really got started with it. Yeah, you bring up a great point. And I love that post the other day because <clears throat> I was talking to somebody, um, I was talking to Keith Cordero. He's yeah. got the mindful sales rep page and you know, he's building his brand and we talk about it. Uh, it's, it's a strange thing. Let's yeah. just be honest, right? <laughs> because um, I think now it's a little bit different because in my mind, everybody's a little bit of their own celebrity with the selfies and everybody has an Instagram yeah. page. So everybody's kind of uh, at in some degree doing that, right? Kind of putting right. on or assuming some sort of identity uh, online. But when you really dive into it like you did or, or like I have, yeah, there's a weird, there's some weird moments where you have to kind of check yourself um, and you have to realize like, okay, uh, this is just LinkedIn and this is just like, because it can affect... Um, and this is something that I, a lot of people talk to me about as to reasons why they don't start a personal brand because they're afraid that it's going to affect their work or, you know, mm. take away from their personal and all that stuff. And it's very possible that it could if you're not careful, right? Yeah. And you have to have that support group. You have to have that group of people that knew you before you were a personal brand and can keep you real. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, my, you, my friends are like, yo, you're going to Morgan JMO. Can you stop? And I'm like, all right, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I got fired yeah, about something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, and it's true. You, And so it's important to understand that, you know, look, um, a personal brand, it's an amplified, you know, it's an amplified version of yourself. It, and it's an amplified version of yourself in certain sectors. Like, I don't talk about and or give advice about anything but sales development stuff because yeah. nobody needs to take advice from me on relationships. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just not even trying to get into there. So don't even, yeah. Right. Um, and so it's usually one niche of your personality and life that's amplified and um, you need to recognize, yeah, like got to turn it off at some point. You got to um, separate yourself from that person because 
it'll it'll start to to seep into your normal everyday life and then it's just weird yeah. <laughs> you know and and yeah. um i think one of the things that's always helped me is you know i have a little boy who's 10 and i tell him about like podcasts and i was oh i've won this award and all these things and that's cool you know <laughs> care less. You're right. you know what he wants to you know he's more concerned uh that i'm gonna take some time to play minecraft with him later you know what right. i mean and Absolutely. and that is like puts it in perfect perspective like that's the most important thing um Absolutely. the fact that he doesn't care that i won an award or booked a meeting or had a cool podcast is the exact thing that i need to kind of keep myself in check so um Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important to bring up, man. And and it goes for salespeople too, I think, because it's funny. I was training, I'm training some new guys and one of them made a comment to me the other day, like, how do you turn the sales thing off at the end of the day? Because some of my family and friends are saying that I sound really salesy <laughs> on the phone. It doesn't, <laughs> you know? It, it, so and like, how have you been it. able to do that? You know, like. Yeah. So let me actually, let me touch on those two things. So yeah. The personal brand, because I know you asked that question. I don't want to leave that there. Yeah. How I started out was I started off with Facebook videos, mm. all right? So that was in 2014, 2015. Okay. So that was like, that was me like creating video content. I actually before was building like a personal brand and I actually was doing a sports writing blog in okay. college. And I actually, yeah. So I actually used to be a, a, a columnist in this, in this sports thing that I got invited to. That's and cool. I actually used to write a ton of stuff on college football so I had the SEC in the big 12 and so I would do predictions and ratings and things of that nature so that's how I really started building personal brand and my articles took off a little bit and I actually got some some stuff from that and that's, that's cool. what I was like personal brand is something mm -hmm. and then I started being like motivational on Facebook and then motivational from Facebook turned into Periscope I don't know if you remember that oh yeah yeah that was yeah so I was I did that three times a day for like an entire year so i was like aggressive with content but again most people don't know that because they probably wouldn't go back and go, go check that stuff out but i was making hundreds and thousands of videos before i had even gotten to the yeah, sarah chronicles so yeah. that's how i still been personal brand and what for me what really sparked that is because i'm huge and big into rap and most people know that and so i looked at the I looked at like Gucci man, right? Yeah. I'm looking at the Drakes. I'm, I used to watch wrestling. I look at the rock and I realized what, what was making them successful, right? Their lyrics, not, not the most amazing lyrics in the world, to be honest with you. Nah. The rock, we, he was a great wrestler. I wouldn't say he was the best wrestler in the ring every single night. But what I realized it was that it was their personal brand and what the audience felt about them. And so my thought process was like, wow, okay, if they've been able to capitalize that in their field, can the same thing be done on LinkedIn and sales? Which again, at the point when I started posting YouTube content on LinkedIn, there was nobody in the world doing that to the degree that I was. So yeah. I was just like, okay, well, if I do this in that light, this is a different platform, let's just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I really took it seriously. And I will say the person who really, oh, two people that really spurred it on for me was Ralph Barcy's article, Hey, will an SDR please create a YouTube channel? That was like a that was a light bulb for me because I was like, well, I've already created a YouTube channel motivation. Yeah. Like, let me just add motivation in the context of sales development. Yeah. And I could actually do something that's more relevant. And then Gary V's keynote saying, Hey, if you're a sales professional and you do a personal brand at Raymaker, he was like, if you do this, you'll be successful. And yeah. that to me was like a double whammy challenge. And I was just like, <laughs> All right, I, I gotta do this. If I don't do All this, signs I'm like, were pointing to. Yeah, I feel like I would regret it. So that's why. 
I ended up taking that on and that's, that's what got started my personal brand. Yeah. And then you asked me turning it off, man. Like, honestly, I think it's, I do turn it off, but it's harder for me because I'm doing a full day of training. Right. And so when there's a break, that break is not for me. It's for the audience. Yep. Because someone's going to probably come up and ask me a question. If I'm just like hanging out, they're going to be like, wait, you know what I'm saying? I can't do that. So yeah, yeah. If I go eat out with the client or get dinner. That's not me turning off. I'm still on. I'm still being evaluated to some degree. So yeah. I get, I turn it off when it's over. So <laughs> for when real, the, yeah. Like when I'm on, when I'm on the way to the airport or I'm in the airport or I'm with my friends, that's when I essentially turn it off. Now I believe though that we're never completely off. Yep. In the background, we're thinking about, all right, I got, what's that op that I'm working on? Yep. What's the revenue number I need to hit? And then also instinctively, because we're in sales, we remain curious about people. So sometimes I'll just, I'll just go down and like in-depth questions with people just because I'm just curious. Yeah. And then people think, Oh, this is a sales call. I'm like, no, it's just, I'm just asking you questions. Cause I'm curious. And my innate nature is to be that way. So yeah. I don't think you can a hundred percent like turn it off, but I think it's, there are points where it's, it's dimmed. Yeah. Yeah. There's different of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, yeah, it's probably completely turned off if I'm playing a video game or something in nature. Like yeah. I'm not really thinking about it, but in the back of my head, I am sure ultimately because yeah. we have a drive, we have ambition. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you're in the field. So I, I just try not to press on people as much. I'm more laid back and chill when I'm not in a certain mode. Yeah. And that's not me just changing personalities, but that's me just more so just being naturally, I'm just more laid back and chill and I'm not trying to do too much. Yeah. But in that, if someone, I'm observant, if someone's trying to take me in a lane that I'm not comfortable with to go turn it on to be like, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also meshing, and I didn't make a point there, but meshing for me, what it's been is meshing my person, my person. So Morgan Ingram with like Morgan J Ingram and putting that together and knowing at certain points when I need to be that a certain person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's so real because it, you don't ever, and I think this is interesting for people that are getting into sales and when they get into it, find that they enjoy it. And it's something that they're going to, they've identified as a way that, you know, that they're going to make this their career. Uh, I I remember when it happened. um, It is a strange thing to kind of go and transform into this person that is now always thinking about that looks at the world in a different way, essentially. It's almost like um, people that work on movies, like behind right. the scenes of movies. They probably watch movies so much differently than the rest of us because they understand there's a guy behind the thing holding the thing up and it's all green screen. And so they're viewing yeah, yeah. the world in a different way. It's the same way with salespeople, right? And so um, becoming okay with that and then learning how to you know, turn it off or present different shades of it is very important. And I also think uh, for somebody like you, who's got so much going on, you've got a lot to talk about, right? Yeah. You've probably done a lot that week, right? And (laughs) um, you're passionate about it. And so you want to talk to people about it. And I'm the same way. And what I learned was very quickly was that sometimes you become that guy that People are like, oh, he's probably going to come in and tell us another motherfucking story. Yeah, about- exactly. <laughs> and it's going to be right. about sales and it's going to be, <laughs> you know, yep. about something. And, um, and so one thing that I do every year to remind me not to be like that is I read Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Because his Fantastic thing, book. Yeah, his big thing is, you know, 
you want people to, you want to be the listener, essentially, like just shut up. And so then, you know, what I'll do when I catch myself getting in patterns of being that guy that is just talking all the time, I'll just challenge myself. I'll say like, how many word, like how little words can I say in this conversation? Like, I know I'm going into this social uh, environment. I'm going to try and speak like as little as possible and just let people do what people love to do, you know, and talk about themselves and all of that. And it's important to balance that. And then of course, it's also important to have those supporters that you can express all of that passion to and, and, you know, they'll listen to you and all that good stuff. So it's incredibly important points, man. And, and I think all of it points to um, the reality of what it's like to be a salesperson today. You have to, you have to be engaged. You have to be constantly learning. And if you're smart and taking advantage of the climate that we live in now and you're building a personal brand that is a lot right and it, mm-hmm. it, it there's a lot of moving parts and pieces to it um and i love the part that you mentioned man um about being influenced by like rappers and hip-hop artists because i feel like a lot of our generation um we're very familiar with this idea of a personal brand and we're very familiar Absolutely. with like uh well maybe we're not familiar with celebrity but we're very close to it right like there's twitter and you can tweet at your favorite rapper and there's you know it's very much a part of our lives and you know especially with rap and hip-hop it's you feel like a personal connection to these artists right because their music is personal and they're talking about personal things that they've been through um and then a lot of them have their own shoe or their own drink or you know they're they're businessmen that are doing other things and it's all branded on them um and it is interesting because the more people that i talk to around our age when i talk to them about personal branding they're influenced by that more than like a zig ziglar or a sales trainer or anything like that like people that are building a personal brand that are in sales are influenced by you know what we grew up listening to and watching absolutely and so you know, as you continue to, to, to build your own personal brand, I think, what are some things that you would say to somebody that's just getting started? Like, like uh, um, maybe they've done, they're at that point in their journey where you were, where they've yeah. done a bunch of content on Facebook and nobody gives a shit, you know? <laughs> because so, I've done it too. I've, I have like seven Twitter accounts that I've used and that they yeah. went dead. And yeah. so that's definitely real. And I think that's something that's not talked about is like that failing and that trying. So like, how did you push through that period? Because I feel like a lot of people probably just give up after a year of posting videos and nobody really cares. Absolutely. I, yeah, I so saw Facebook was, I got some stuff, but most of it was people behind my back in front of me, Periscope, <laughs> it really was. Like I actually have a post, like I'll send it to you. I have a post, it was like three years ago. It was like, I don't care about any of y'all. I didn't, I didn't say something like that, but it pretty much was like, I don't care how I'm being made fun of. I'm studying this. I'm going to be the best at what I do. I'm doing my crap. Posted three years ago and I yeah. continuously have grown from that, but yeah. you have to, ultimately you really do have to believe in what you're producing, but also at the same time, what you're producing may not be what you truly believe in. You just feel like it's hot right now and you should do it. Mm, wrong approach. Yeah, the wrong approach. I think I took the wrong approach. I, I was talking about motivation and inspiration, but 
there was nothing I had done that was motivational, inspirational. <laughs> I graduated college and I had a double major. You know what I'm saying? Like I got president's <laughs> list. Like that's cool, but that's not that deep. So the thing is like, that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the right avenue, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. with the Facebook videos, with the Periscope, with the Twitter accounts, with the Instagram stuff I was doing and what I was trying to inspire and motivate, I had the right motive, but I didn't have the right vehicle Yep. So it didn't, it didn't go anywhere. So I felt like when I actually was in sales development, I was actively doing it. The reason that it went the way that it went and why it continuously will be that way is because I'm actively doing it. Yeah. You're, and you're, I, was, I was relatable. Yep. Yep. I mean, you're a practitioner documenting your journey. That is, Absolutely. That is, and, and when you frame it and flip it like that, the value goes way up way up. Now I can, now I can follow Morgan who is, not a 30 year veteran that hasn't done this in 15 years, but somebody right. actively doing it and just sharing like those learnings. And I mean, it was, it was awesome when I found the SDR Chronicles, man. I mean, cause I was a brand new SDR just figuring right. things out. And it was great to know that, you know, there's other people out there that are trying to learn this and get better every day through small tweaks, right? It's no revolutionary thing. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes complete sense why you, you know, have had success because people relate to it completely. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll add to that is ultimately you have to figure out like what your truths are and what do you actually know? And I, because like I will I'll admit in the beginning, even with some stuff I do, even with Instagram, like I was so focused on, all right, this is the topic that I know everyone likes. So I'm just going to focus on it. And it wasn't me. To be honest, that's why it didn't go as well. That's why Instagram, for me, the growth has been off. That's why Facebook wasn't as effective as it was. That's why my Periscope, even though people thought I had fire and energy, the relative context of what I was saying, there was no impact. Yeah. It was just, yeah, that's cool. I got fired up. I feel good. But there was no impact because I didn't have anything contextually to tell you what to do on how to actually improve your life. Mm. So ultimately with the sales development, I came with a new perspective. I was like, I'm running zero ads. I'm asking for zero help. I'm going to do everything myself and like, let it a hundred percent be me for one time. Facebook. I had like some other stuff going on Instagram had other stuff going on Periscope had other stuff going on Twitter. The LinkedIn was a hundred percent me from the beginning. And that is what led to the success because everything I was talking about was something I truly either experienced had got a result from or had gone through. And I think everyone right now, if you're looking to build a personal brand, it, you shouldn't be looking at, Oh, well, that person's talking about sales development. Let me start talking about sales development. But you've never been an SDR and SDR leader. <laughs> Don't do that because you're going to be found out real quick because you can tell real quick if someone's actually done the role or not. Yeah. So in that, the biggest thing that I've learned and the advice that I have is I actually was watching a video on personal branding because I've been studying it for the past James, like five to seven years, like deeply. Yeah. And one of the things that they say is you should take a sticky note wherever you're at And then write down the five to eight things that you can talk about no matter what. Like if someone came up to you all day, whatever, we have a full out conversation and you will not hesitate on how to give value on that. So up to your current point, there's probably five to eight things that you can talk about in confidence. Right? So that could be anything too. Like video games is part of that. If someone starts talking about video games, I can talk about video games all day long, but books, reading, I've read tons of books. I can talk about that. Sales development, mindset, motivation, career development, like 
frontline management, right? Those are things I can talk about in confidence because I've done them, experienced them, or done something around them. Yep. But don't write down topics that are like, oh man, you know what? Cryptocurrency is a hot topic. Let me watch <laughs> one video on cryptocurrency and be a cryptocurrency expert. You're going to get flushed out and you're not, yeah. and you're going to be wasting your time. Yeah. So ultimately, just like you said, document your journey on what you're doing. Talk about experiences that you've gone through and that will make you the most credible. And ultimately that means staying in your lane. I don't go in lanes that I don't know how to talk about. Yeah. I don't talk that much about closing because I don't think I'm the best closer in the world. I'm still learning that. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about how to run a $50 million company because I haven't done that. I don't talk about how to be a VP of sales because I've never been a VP of sales, right? Yeah. I leave that to the people that have been there and I respect their opinion. And I'm like, go to these people if you want that. But mm -hmm. when it comes to certain things, I do know that because I've done it. I have the background and I'm going to layer into that because I have the contextual information on it. So ultimately, if you want to start a brand, stop looking at people and looking at their likes and comments and be like, oh, that's a hot topic. Let me go into that. Because if you don't have any context on it, you're going to get flushed out. And I'm just speaking from experience on me, mm -hmm. my own self being flushed out. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm just telling you the mistakes that I went through to ultimately help me create the SCR Chronicles because there was a tons of other channels and tons of other things I did. And yeah. so this became something that actually worked. Yeah, that's really important for people to know. Really important that, that it took several iterations of you being all in on it. It's not like you weren't all in on it. Yeah, I was But you were just in. off a little bit, right? And you, yeah. for whatever reason, it just, you know, didn't quite pick up. And um, I like to think of those things that you can list and talk about as like evergreen content. It's always going to be something that you can talk about no matter what, because they're truths and, and, and they're things that you've been through. And so the, one of the things that I, because I had a very similar experience, I made in, uh, videos on Instagram for a little mm -hmm. while, and then I did some YouTube stuff. And then I even um, got with a colleague of mine and we were going to start a website around sales training. And, you know, there was always these little things that I was doing. I was, um, i had a guy who was a graphic designer and I was going to help him build his brand and you know, yep. just all these little things. And I never, they either never got off the ground or they got off the ground and they like petered out after a couple of weeks or months. For sure. And that all happened because it wasn't my truth and it wasn't evergreen uh, topics that I was an expert in that I could talk about. And it, that's such great advice because the crazy part is, is that even if you think your five things are super niche and super specific, there's yeah. thousands of people out there that also like those things, whatever it yep. is. It Absolutely. could be uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or sales development. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have just as many people showing up and wanting to interact. And, it, and because you're speaking from a place of authority and experience and um, all of that, the value is inherent and it pours out of the content and people absorb it because it's real. And, and yeah, I mean, just what a, what a great way to think about that journey because it, that's really the only way that you're going to be able to cut it and, and make it last. Absolutely. I love it. Well, look, uh, I, I, we, we need to make sure that we get in the snack break sales tip for this episode, Morgan. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what sales tip can you give these folks that are listening that they can go back to their desk and use when they're done listening to this episode? Absolutely. I, I want you, I want you all to, to, to think about something and in, and in thinking about it, something that you can execute on and I, and I use for myself. So, you know, I, I like that James does this because I believe that there has to be tactics in the stuff that we talk about and it can't be theoretical and be like, Oh, well you should think about this. And you're going to be like, okay, I thought about it, but that didn't help me. So, <laughs> you know, so we really got to talk about some stuff. So I, I, 
I posted this the other day and I, I believe in this tactic is your emails. Like truly look at your emails and tell yourself, would you read it or would you respond to it? Because I think, I, yeah, yeah, true, yeah, don't be like, oh, that, that sounds fire to me. And it's like 12 <laughs> paragraphs. Like, no, no one's reading that. So the thing is, again, I posted this the other day. I said, 78% of emails are on the phone. Someone's like, well, where's the report? Guys, I don't know where the report is. I'm gonna be real with you. Someone just said it in a talk and I've been saying it for years and I'm gonna keep saying it. If I never find the report, I'm still gonna say it. So I, I don't care at this point. So, cause it sounds great and I'm gonna use it. I think, I think the real stats like 49 and I think I saw another one said 55. Nobody cares. The whole point is 78% of emails are right on the phone and I'm just owning the stat at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, so in that, you have to realize that all your emails need to be read on the phone. So that means less than two scrolls. All my prospecting emails are around two to five. I think James, you're probably around the same. If you're prospecting someone, yep. it's probably around the same rate. So in that your main focus should be, how can I make sure I convey value as fast as possible? Because people don't have as much time. People are not waiting around to get your prospect email. I'll tell you right now. So in that the tactical advice that I have for everybody is to think about your email strategy as a guard approach and carve up your solution into different variants right because if you throw out five different reasons why someone should take your solution and they don't respond then you just lost out an opportunity to get a meeting so in that my, my tactical piece of advice is for you all to go back look at your emails create two to five sentence emails and i'll give you the breakdown of how to do that so your first two sentences should be focused on hey what are the what are they what are what is should they interest in what do you get their attention right so like a trigger that you find whatever that is right go about that and then that middle piece should be the value proposition. So what are you doing to help that person address that challenge or priority that's there? And then the call to action, like what do you want them to do? And ultimately that's how I want you all to think about things when it comes to emails. Think about it from two to five sentences. People are reading things on mobile and make sure that it's less than two scrolls so that people can easily consume it. And if it's straight to the point and they like it, they'll respond. If not, completely fine, you can move on to what you need to do. I love it absolutely actionable absolutely real so what you can do literally is go take that long ass email that's at the beginning of that cadence that yep. you think is a winner that has those five bullet points and remove four of those bullet points and then create four more emails off of those other four bullet points yep and then absolutely. you're spreading it out i love it man absolutely fire uh morgan i have to ask you the same question that i ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast where's your favorite place to eat lunch? I know you're all over the place these days, traveling yeah, over, all over around. <laughs> I am all over the place. And when I go home, man, I go right across the street from my apartment. It's called McCray's Tavern. That is, that is my spot. I've been to a lot of great places to eat, have lunch. People are like, yo, I know you got some better places than that. I really don't. It's the reason, first of all, it's right across the street. So that makes it super easy. But also at, but also at the same time, they just have this buffalo chicken panini that's just fire every time I go in there. So I normally go there every other week. They already know what I want. And then like, <laughs> we're good. We're just good to go. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite spot to, to get lunch. I love it, man. Yeah. Look, you can travel the world and sometimes the best things are right around the corner from, yeah. from home. I think that's absolutely awesome, man. Well, Morgan, look, you, you've come here and did exactly what I thought you were going to do. Just provide tons of value for the listeners. And, and so if, folks aren't already following you and want to connect with you so they can continue to learn from you where where can they find you how can they reach out to you yeah easiest thing is two things one i'm on linkedin morgan j ingram 
just connect with me there. I'm, I'm responsive as I can be to any questions that you have, or if you have anything you want to talk about moving forward, just from like the personal branding we talk about, because I know it's a big thing right now. Yep. And then also at the same time, the SR Chronicles, uh, I actually need to start getting back into it. It's been traveling just like on the wayside, but it's going to start picking back up soon. So if you want to go check out that podcast and YouTube channel, that's it's there too. Love it. Yeah, I, w- I would highly suggest going and checking those out. You know, Morgan may have been on a uh, hiatus because he's busy, but there's over over 100 episodes, right? I mean, yeah, there's, it's over there's plenty, 100 episodes. Yeah, there's plenty for you to dig into now. So again, uh, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys soon.